hello, hello, hello. Welcome everyone to episode three of Rock the Dragon, a Dragon Ball Super podcast. I'm your host, Tim Bridgewater. Uh, I have hosted a couple other podcasts, one being Geekly Dose, one being Republic City Report, which was a Legend of Korra podcast. So if any of that sounds like anything you might be interested in, make sure you head over to iTunes as well as Stitcher.com to check out those podcasts. Um, so far, Rock the Dragon is going pretty well. I can see my listeners kind of growing a little bit. That's very great. I uh, hope you guys continue to share the podcast, share your thoughts and opinions. Make sure if you want to send me an email or contact me, uh, with a message or a comment to discuss on the podcast, make sure you head over to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. At some point, I may uh, introduce an email address of some sort uh, if this thing starts to kind of pick up and starts to get busy because at that point, it become easier to, to keep track of things with email. But right now, I'm really trying to get that Facebook page going. So if you listen to this, take a moment right now, okay? Pause the podcast, please, <laughs> and head over to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Uh, if we can get enough likes over there on that page, I can do a lot of cool stuff and make some cool posts. We can really talk. We can really sort of get into this thing. So please take a moment to do that. I want to remind everyone that there is an episode zero to this podcast. So if you missed that, make sure you go to Stitcher.com or iTunes, check out episode zero. Episode zero is all about me talking about Dragon Ball Z. So, uh, you know, I don't talk much about Dragon Ball Z uh, during this podcast. Other than that, um, obviously, every now and then there's going to be some times where we have to kind of flash back to that. But if you want my entire breakdown on Dragon Ball Z from start to finish, my opinions on it, my thoughts, how I got into it, all that kind of stuff, make sure you head over. Uh, and check out episode zero. So with that being said, this episode, of course, is going to cover uh, episode three of Dragon Ball Super in the English dub titled, Where Does the Dream Pick Up? Uh, find the Super Saiyan God, once again. <laughs> Very funny that we're now using these Japanese uh, translations. Um, so it's kind of new for us, right? Because we're so used to the Americanized version of the titles, but it's kind of funny. It's funny. I, I like these these long titles. Uh, with that being said, I also have a couple of messages that I'm going to read today from a couple of listeners. Uh, we're going to talk about that. I haven't come up with a name for that segment yet. Uh, if you listen to Republic City Report, I called that, I called the email segment Correspondence, Legend of Korra, Correspondence. If anybody has any suggestions of what I can call that for this podcast and kind of tie it into Dragon Ball, I thought about Dragon Mail, but that just seems really like overly simple, you know, and obvious. So if anybody has any suggestions for any cool names for that segment, uh, make sure you send that in and I'll be happy to give you credit for it. Okay, so uh, without further ado, well, actually, I do want to say this. If you notice, there should be a little bit of an improvement in, of quality here. Um, I am becoming more stabilized now, so the quality will be gradually getting better as I get back to my uh, usual setup. So that's great. Um, and with that being said, I'll be kind of ready somewhat in the near future to, to start having guests on. So I haven't forgotten about those of you who have contacted me about that. So we're getting there. Just, you know, fucking hold hold on with me and uh, we'll, we'll get back to that point. OK, so this episode, right? Um, episode three, where does the dream pick up? Find the Super Saiyan God. Um, you know, I'm just going to say this right off the bat. 
and let me know if you agree or disagree with this. This is probably the most boring episode <laughs> so far. Now we're only three episodes in, okay? Not everything is gonna be perfect and like I, I totally expected that there would not be a shitload of action and stuff like that this early on, okay? Because we're building back up to that. We're, we're trying to re-familiarize everyone with the Dragon Ball world um, especially because you know they kind of have to assume that people have that some people haven't hasn't, haven't seen this show in 20 years you know they probably they can't just you know kind of base it on those of us who've been watching the blu-rays and all this kind of stuff who already remember all this stuff because if you notice this is a very expository sort of an episode i mean they're very heavy on the exposition here it's kind of like they're just reminding everyone of what's been going on and they're using Beerus as sort of a, a, a way to do that, right? Because we're catching up Beerus on things that have happened, but we're also catching the audience up on as well. So I get it and I get why it's here. But, you know, as someone who already knew all this stuff, it's going to be a little bit boring to me. Uh, and not only that, I mean, once again, if you've already seen Battle of Gods, then you're seeing that shit again, too. So not only are you being kind of reminded about a bunch of the events that happened in Dragon Ball Z here, you're also being reminded of things that happened in Battle of Gods because, well, that's just how this is going to be. We're going to get this longer version of Battle of Gods, which once again, man, I kind of wish I would not have watched it because this would be so much more interesting, I, I hope. But they do a couple things different here. I mean... You know, we're getting a little bit more of Beerus, and we're kind of, you know, we're getting more of a build-up, more of his backstory here, and just kind of seeing uh, these conversations between he and Whis, right? These things that are just kind of happening, they're just kind of talking about it, and but we're kind of building back up to this whole premonition of the Super Saiyan God that he had. Once again, if you've seen Battle of Gods, you know that, but we are getting more. You know, it's getting a little bit deeper into it. Uh, we're learning more about this being sort of a prophecy, premonition, vision sort of a thing of the Super Saiyan guy kind of being his rival. Um, so it's cool. Now, so, I mean, you know, we basically get it. The episode pretty much starts off with that. Just kind of them on the way. They're kind of making their way throughout the galaxy. We kind of learn that Whis is the fastest being in the galaxy. So they kind of got that out the way. So now, you know, when he starts to kind of just pop up in places all of a sudden, we've already established the fact that he's the fastest being. So that's cool. And of course, we've got Supreme Kai and Elder Kai. Um, they kind of, we need them at this point, once again, for exposition reasons, to give us some of the backstory on Beerus. Because it'd be a little more weird if he just sat around and talked completely about his own backstory, right? So we have to have other characters that come in and do it. So that's kind of what they're doing here. Uh, which is cool because, it, you know, it ties in in a good way. It makes sense that these elder gods would be more familiar with this god of destruction than anyone else. But I think more interesting throughout all of this, and actually it's kind of funny... Is the fact that, you know, they both immediately know, hey, wait a second. We need to make sure Goku does not find out about Beerus. Because at, at this point, they know Goku well enough to know that if he finds out that there's a being out there that is as strong as Beerus, he's going to want to challenge him in some way. And 
coincidentally, Beerus is kind of looking for the same thing because he already knows this. This warrior out there who's going to appear. It's going to be sort of like this, the biggest challenge that he's ever had, etc. So we're kind of dealing with these two strong personalities. And, of course, Goku being a pure-blooded Saiyan warrior, uh, he's always going to want that. So I think it's funny that, that, that their, their goal at this point is kind of just, let's just make sure Goku doesn't find out about Beerus. You know, like it's not even about trying to stop him because they realize they can't do that. But at the very least, maybe we can just keep those two away from each other. But hey, obviously that's not going to happen. We already know that, right? But it's kind of funny to watch them try. And another thing we kind of find out, and I'm not, I'm not crazy about this. I'm, you know, and I'll talk a little bit more about this later. But um, the fact that Beerus is the one that trapped Elder Kai in the Z Sword. You remember back in the Boo Saga? Uh, uh, Elder Kai was trapped in the sword. I think Gohan was the one that free. I forget exactly because if you listen to episode zero, I talked a lot about about. Uh, I wasn't crazy about the Boo Saga, so I didn't watch it as many times as I watched the others. So my memory's a little fuzzy and some stuff. But Go Gohan did have a sword. It was a sea sword. He pulled it out of a rock. I think you know it was Mystic Saiyan and all that kind of stuff. And eventually that sword was broken and Elder Kai was released. We find out that Beerus was the one who locked him in there. Which is just kind of weird for me, you know. It's always weird when shows come along later, and like later on, you find and they introduce a new character and find out, oh, this character was responsible for stuff that happened a long time ago. Because you know, good and well, that when that stuff was originally written, Beerus probably wasn't even a thought in, the, in Akira Toriyama's eyes, right? Beerus probably didn't even exist at all as a character back then. But now you're introducing a new character and saying that he was responsible for some stuff that happened before. It just seems like you're trying to force it to tie in, which I don't even think we necessarily need it. I mean, I appreciate the effort here because they're trying to create a villain who who's probably, you know, not as two dimensional as some of the other villains. But when you say that he had some kind of effect on something that happened before, kind of bugs me. But and there's more of that. And we're actually going to get back to that. Uh, pretty soon. Now, um, of course, you know, King Kai kind of gets in on this action too, you know, because they can kind of, these Kais, these gods, they kind of have this tendency to be able, this ability to be able to kind of just talk to each other, right? Across the universe. That's just how powerful they are. So at some point, King Kai gets in that conversation and he's saying, hey, you know, Goku's here. I know what's up. We have to make sure that he doesn't find out about Beerus. Uh, and what we kind of get here is kind of this funny segment out of it. Where, of course, Goku is all nosy about it and finding out. But what I love about this scene the most, and it's a long scene, okay? I, you know, like I said, this 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 episode is kind of boring in some ways because this, the scenes go on, like, really long. Like, watch it again, you realize that these scenes are taking place, you know, like, they're way longer than they probably should go on. And this is one. For example, but uh, but what I love about it is that it's a, it's another call back to Dragon Ball Z in a way because Goku's all like, well, who's uh, you know, he's trying to figure out why what what secret is King Kai keeping from him? But King Kai distracts him by reminding him, and this is something that even I have forgotten about. Hey, you know what? You're the reason we we're dead. And you never did anything about it. I don't even remember if they even, like, 
address that again after it happened. Way back in the Cell Saga, if you remember correctly, Goku, you know, got to this point where they felt like they couldn't beat Cell because Cell came back in his uh, ultra-perfect form. No, I'm sorry, that was before his ultra-perfect form. Uh, this is when they just kind of realized there was nothing they could do, right? Because Gohan got to a point uh, where he didn't he didn't move fast enough. He didn't destroy him. Uh, he, he started toying with him a little bit. So then Cell just kind of blows himself up into this big, fat version of himself. And in order to save the Earth, Goku transports Cell over to King Kai's planet. Once again, listen to episode zero for more details on this. I think he had enough time to transmit back but that's besides the point <laughs> uh but yeah he blew he, so cell blows himself up killing everybody on the planet at that time was just bubbles and uh gregory king kai and goku but king kai gregory and bubbles have been dead ever since <laughs> and i guess you just kind of forget about it because well in their world death doesn't seem to really matter you know like it this is another thing that I'm hoping that gets a little bit better in Dragon Ball Super. It probably won't because they've already established a lot of this. But the rules, man, the rules change a lot, and there are a lot. There's a lot of fine print and, and shit like that. Uh, but in that world, it's almost like it doesn't matter if you're dead or not, right? Because when Goku originally went to King Kai's planet after coming off of Snake Way, way back in the Saiyan Saga, Goku was dead. And that was the only way he could get there. <laughs> and King Kai and everyone else was alive. So that in itself didn't really make much sense. That you would have to be dead to get somewhere where only where, where everyone who's there is living. Uh, but then later on, of course, King Kai and everyone dies. And now Goku is alive and he's back on the planet anyway. So it's like, you know. The rules here are very vague and they make exceptions and later on, you know, because even even when Goku dies at the hands of Cell, he still goes back to planet Earth, but he just has a halo on his head the entire time. So once again, you know, let's kind of bog down a little bit on these rules in the universe because I think we'll get better storytelling out of it if we don't have to worry about it anytime, you know, oh, well, this person got killed, but they'll find a way to bring them back. You know, it's almost like death is not even, I don't even, sometimes I don't even understand why people are afraid of death in the Dragon Ball world. Because there's just so many different ways for you to be brought back, you know. And they say, well, you know, you can only be brought back twice with the Dragon Balls, but sometimes they'll find a way around that, you know. So, let's kind of, you know, not get too crazy with some of this stuff. But, back to the episode, right? So, we get a lot more from Beerus and Whis and this little... Uh, overseer fish type creature thing that's in a fishbowl on a I don't know it's kind of weird but Dragon Ball's always kind of been known for having these weird sort of eccentric sort of characters so that's not nothing new about that but he's trying to get he's probably he's trying to get more information right he's trying to get more information about Goku and instead of you know instead of them just saying straight up who it is and all this kind of stuff they kind of have to make a little bit suspenseful if they can um but he does remind him that it's a Super Saiyan God. So this is something that we've already talked about. You know, he really he, he figured this out last episode, but they make it on this episode so that he forgets about it. So we spend five, ten minutes or so just trying to get Beerus to remember what it was he was talking about. So, you know, once again, 
this episode's kind of boring because of that. We're kind of retreading a lot of the same paths that we already did. But also, we do get some new information from this conversation, uh, which is new to you. It'd be new to you if you didn't watch Battle of Gods, obviously. Uh, and that is, and I kind of referenced this earlier, but now I'm going to bring it back full circle, is that Beerus was originally responsible for the planet, uh, destruction of planet Vegeta, because he was the one that ordered Frieza to do it. Ooh, I don't like that. I don't. I have to, I have to admit I'm, I'm not crazy about that. You know, it kind of, I feel like it kind of hurts Frieza's character a little bit to find out that he didn't make that decision on his own. You know, one of the things that I liked about Frieza in that moment was that he decided himself, hey, you know what? These monkeys, as he would call them, are, are getting too fucking strong. You know, like they're one day they can overthrow me if we don't if we don't put a stop to this. Now, that's still the same reasoning for the destruction of Vegeta. But to find out that it came from Beerus, I don't know, it kind of kills it for me, you know, because Beerus isn't even really evil. He's just kind of like this deity who kind of likes to destroy stuff. To me, it had much more value when it came from Frieza. You know, I like that. I don't like, you know, I, I don't I don't I don't mind alternate storylines and stuff, because if you watch the Bardock special, where Bardock you know, went back in time and became a Super Saiyan and stuff, that was a fun side story. And they kind of messed around with the mythology there, too, with the origin of everything. But that's not canon. So but this is. So now they're saying that Beerus was the one who was responsible for that. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't I'm not I'm not I'm not really digging that very much, you know, because once again, like I said earlier, Beerus probably wasn't even a character on the a blip on the radar of Akira Toriyama's mind originally 30 years ago when this shit first aired. You know, and was created, but now you're bringing in this brand new character and saying, "Oh, he had ties to this event and this event and this event." I get why they're doing it, but in this specific case, I don't like it because I felt like that was one of the best things about Frieza. Uh, but yeah, so you know, we get a couple flashbacks, and once again, this is a lot of exposition going on here. It's a lot of exposition. We're, we're seeing things. We're being told stories of what happened between Goku and Frieza. Um, so if you if you know if you've watched the Frieza saga recently, none of this stuff's going to be new to you. Um, so it's all going to be kind of exposition. Now, once again, um, I mean, obviously they decide. You know, as a result of all this, they realize that Planet Earth is where they need to go. So they're going to kind of start to head to Planet Earth, and then we trans position to planet earth and this is where we kind of start to really get into the beginning of battle of gods and we get reintroduced to some of our characters that we haven't seen in a while like krillin and android 18 uh their daughter uh tian chaozu yamcha poor etc this is kind of where battle of gods the movie started everyone was heading to boma's birthday party right which for some reason this time around and correct me if i'm wrong here it, it, the party's on a, 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 a yacht, not a yacht, I'm sorry, but like a, uh, what do you call those big ass boats, man? Like one of those carnival cruise ships. <laughs> like in, in the movie, I'm pretty sure it was just that Capsule Corp, right? So I wonder why they changed that. I wonder why they changed the location of it. 
I'd be curious to find out. Anybody have any theories on that? Make sure you go over to Facebook.com slash Rock the Dragon Podcast and let me know. Uh, but yeah, so now her party's on a, a like a cruise ship. Um, whereas before, like I said, it was a it was a capsule corp. Now a lot of things are different here because in Battle of Gods, well, we also had um, Emperor Pilaf and his whole crew kind of you know sneaking around and looking for the Dragon Balls and stuff like that. So we're not getting any of that this time, which is good. I mean, we don't need to see Pilaf again. You know, Pilaf showing up at the beginning reminds me way too much of Dragon Ball GT. Because if you remember, he was the one that wished Goku back into a kid. And that, and we know how that turned out. <laughs> so I'm glad that we're not even really revisiting that here, hopefully. I mean, unless he pops up next episode or something. But it's nice to get a reunion here, right? We're getting everybody back together. And they haven't seen each other. They just happen to fly. <laughs> You know, Krillin and Android 18 are just kind of, and their daughter are just kind of in the car. And they say, you know what? We're stuck in traffic. Hell, why the hell are we even dealing with this? Let's just fly. <laughs> we can fly. And of course, that's when they start to meet up with everyone else. So it's cool reunions. You know, it's cool reunions here. And everybody just kind of gets back together. Um, I mentioned this on episode zero, you know, sometime, or maybe episode one. You know, when, when, when we're in peaceful times in this world, these people don't really hang out with each other that much. So, like, they kind of just come back together when there's either a threat or someone's having a birthday party or something like that. That's pretty much what we get here. Um, but, of course, Vegeta, Vegeta's training the entire time. So, we do get that. And I'm not going to lie. You know, we... <laughs> This episode felt really, really long, and it's kind of dragging on. It's kind of expository, etc. But at least we start to get back to our main characters. We see that Master Roshi hasn't changed at all, which is always good. <laughs> He's just as much of a pervert as always. Uh, but when we transition over Vegeta training, it's like a nice breath of fresh air, right? You know what I mean? It's like, we'll be getting all this exposition the entire time. And... It's just kind of nice to get back to that that the the fighting, you know, like it's that moment that made me remember, okay, this is this is the sequel to Dragon Ball Z. You know, we're gonna get back to that fighting and all that stuff. Once we catch up with our characters, we see, you know, Majin Buu stuff in his face. Very funny moment <laughs> to me. And then Mr. Satan immediately comes over and just kind of consoles him a little bit, tells him, you know what, Boo, everything's alright, no one's trying to get on your case. And then we get a, fun, a funny moment with Piccolo. We get to see Piccolo again. And then we get to see that Gohan gives him a, a photo from the wedding and Piccolo had his eyes closed. So once again, you know, Dragon Ball Z was known for its humor too. We're getting a lot of humor. But I know at some point, you know, when the action kicks back in, it'll be awesome. Uh, but of course, Boma's pissed off that Vegeta's not there. <laughs> uh, and then, one, you know, we... We even get a moment where Goku remembers, you know, King Kai's kind of scared for a moment because Goku kind of has this sort of epiphany moment. And he's thinking, you know, did he? Oh, no. Does he know about Beerus? But he doesn't. Right. He's just remembering that he forgot Boma's birthday. And once again, that also happened to Battle of the Gods. So. But it's a, it's, it's, it's a fun moment. Um, so. Basically, what we get here, you know, at some point we transition back over to Beerus and Whis and they're just talking about food and, you know, I guess they're just kind of establishing these characters, just kind of developing them, building them up. But at the end of it, they pretty much decided they're going to make their way toward planet Earth. 
So here we go. You know, we're starting to build back up to that point where we'll have some action to talk about soon enough. Um, and once again, it seems to be sort of a tradition now, I think, to kind of end these episodes with Elder Kai and Supreme Kai. Because they're the ones, you know, kind of, once again, they, they've got, they, they have their eyes on exactly what's going on here. So at that point, they realize, oh, wow, here we go. Out of all the planets in the universe, Beerus is heading toward North Kai's planet, which, yeah, King Kai's North Kai, right? That's something else that I, I get confused about, because at some point, and I didn't even mention this, um, the World Tournament Saga, right? Wow. You know, I, 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 did, I don't think I mentioned that at all, Episode Zero, but the, like there was a World Tournament whole thing, too. Or oh, I'm sorry, not World Tournament. It was like an afterlife tournament. So we... Even after Goku was dead, we still followed some of his adventures in the afterlife. And it was a tournament, and we met the North Kai, well, West Kai, East Kai, and South Kai, and Pycon. Um, so I, that that stuff wasn't my favorite either, which is probably why I completely just forgot about it. Because it just it didn't feel like it was canon. It felt like this side adventure and didn't really, in my opinion, advance anything. But yeah, basically we find out, you know, everybody's starting to come to the realization that this this bigger threat is coming to town. So that pretty much sum, summarizes uh, episode three. Um, so if you have any comments or questions about that, make sure you head over to facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Let me know. We'll talk about it. At this point, I'm going to transition over and talk a little bit about those of you who have decided to reach out to me thus far which i very much appreciate once again facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast so i've got about three of these here and i'm just going to go through one by one and we're going to talk about it uh the first one is from steven steven was a brand new listener steven thank you once again for uh, contacting me and uh and being a listener here so this is a comment this is a post over on the rock the dragon facebook page it says hey tim had a listener question for you. What are your thoughts on the potential of time jumping a little in this series so we can see Pan become a trained fighter? I think it's about time we saw a female Super Saiyan. I was bummed we didn't get that in GT. Steven, thanks a lot for that, man. Excellent question. Excellent question. Yes, that would be awesome. I think, I think a time jump here would be great because I don't necessarily this is going to sound weird when I say this, but I don't necessarily want to see Dragon Ball Super be as long of a series as Dragon Ball Z was. And let me explain that. Uh, because, well, Dragon Ball Z is a lot of filler, too, right? Which, once again, listen to Episode Zero, I didn't mind the filler. I was okay with that. But... You know, things have changed, right? We, we know now, thanks to uh, Netflix, and places like that that longer seasons don't necessarily equal better you know there are, there are many ways in some ways you can if you can get to your your story can be much better if you tell it in a shorter time right because at some point you start to drag things out and you kind of start to like make things you know uh last way longer than they should for the sole purpose of meeting a sort of a quota in terms of episodes and you don't have to do that you know we can get in there and have uh three seasons of dragon ball super of, of 22 episodes and call it a day and maybe get a better product out of it 
than dragging it out. Because we know some of those moments in Dragon Ball Z were not the greatest because they probably drugged the, the show out longer than it needed to be. But I'm saying all this to say that a time jump would be a good way to cover a lot of things in less episodes. Um, so that would be awesome. I mean, I would love to see Pan as an adult and have a female Super Saiyan. I mean, that's something we've never seen. We have seen female Saiyans. If you remember in Bardock, the father of Goku, that story, there was a female Saiyan there. Um, but I would love to see a, a female Super Saiyan. Now, the question is, could she even become Super Saiyan, though, right? Because they, it's always been a little bit fuzzy on exactly how much Saiyan blood you have to have to become a Super Saiyan. We know that, obviously, if you're full-blooded, obviously, if you're half Saiyan with Gohan, but Pan would be like a quarter Saiyan, right? Um, because Gohan's half and her mom is a human. So she wouldn't have as much Saiyan blood. So it, it kind of becomes a question of whether or not, you know, she would even have enough blood. But yeah, the rules change all the time <laughs> in the Dragon Ball world. They could always find a way. Be oh, because you know what? Actually, I would, I would venture to say that she is enough of a Saiyan because that's how Goku becomes Super Saiyan God to begin with. If you watch Battle of Gods, and I'm sorry if this is a spoiler for anyone who didn't see it or, you know, is just kind of deciding to go along with the series here, but Goku becomes Super Saiyan God because they need five Saiyans, right? And we have Little Trunks, Goten, Vegeta, uh, Goku himself, Gohan, um, and then Pan. The reason he was able to do that was because Pan was uh, part Saiyan. So if Pan had enough Saiyan blood to contribute to him becoming a Super Saiyan God, well then you might be able to say that she'll have enough blood to become an actual Super Saiyan. It'll be interesting to find out. I think that would be one of the coolest things they could possibly do though, is introduce a female Super Saiyan. I would love to see what that would look like. <laughs> you know, it, it would be very cool. I mean, the women, the women, on, on, you know, of course, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z was created in a different time. OK, so the further time, further in time you go back, the less minority representation you'll see, the less female representation you will see. So I get that. But Dragon Ball Super is a brand new show. So here's our chance to change some things up. You know, not everyone has to look the same and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I mean, they even have characters that are blue and orange and green and all this other fucking shit. So <laughs> it shouldn't be that much of a stretch to give us some badass female warriors. And I'm sorry if I'm forgetting some. I'm not saying that there weren't any at all. You know, I know that there were some throughout time. I mean, hell, whenever Goku first met Chi Chi back then, Chi Chi was pretty badass, you know, but she they turned her into a housewife. And then that's all she's ever been, you know, since then. Bulma. Bulma's never been much of a fighter. She's been included in the Avengers a lot and she's incredibly smart. So she's actually been a pretty good representation of women. But at the same time, right, she has this attitude. She yells a lot and Chi Chi yells a lot. You start to notice that a lot of women on here are very stereotypical. Uh, they're very quiet or they're housewives or they're shy or they're really, really loud or something like that. Uh, Android 18. I mean, how can I, <laughs> how can I forget her? One of probably the most badass female character to ever show up in the Dragon Ball universe. 
Uh, but then even she's not completely a woman, right? She's like an android. So it's like there's always these kind of exceptions. So let's just see a character like Pan who could grow up to become a Super Saiyan. I think that would be badass. Andrew, I think it would be a great idea. I'm sorry, not Andrew. Steven. <laughs> uh, I also have a, a message from Andrew. That's why I made that mistake. Um, yeah, I think that would be a great idea to do a time jump. I mean, just the things that you could, the potential of, of, of storylines that could happen there, right? How cool would it be? Because I know this, spoiler alert, I'm sorry. I do know at some point future Trunks will come back. I've just, you know, once again, it's hard as hell to avoid spoilers for this kind of shit. So I'm just envisioning a point where we, let's say we do a time jump and little Trunks grows up and it becomes, you know, teenage Trunks. And then future trunks comes back and they get to fight alongside each other you know just the same character but two different versions of it i think that would be awesome so time jumping here i'm all for it be super cool steven i hope that answered your question uh so yeah if you have a question comment anything like that theory make sure you head over to facebook.com rock the dragon podcast so i'm gonna move on here next one is from andrew Andrew, one of my listeners from Republic City Report. Always nice to talk to you. Andrew writes, Hey Tim, solid episode as always. I just wanted to give you my thoughts so far as somebody that hasn't seen any of the newest movies. First off, how old exactly are Goku and Vegeta? I feel like my already hazy memory is mixing with GT, so I can't really figure out if they're supposed to be like 40 or like 55. Gohan seems to be like post-doc level of education, which is strange because he was in high school at the end of DBZ. I just found myself wondering that. The episode was enjoyable even though it was pretty uneventful. All of the Vegeta scenes were pretty humorous, although I agree that by this point, I feel like he should have softened up a bit. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me though as to why he jumps back into 150 gravity when if I remember right, he was training at 300 gravity when he became Super Saiyan. Likewise, Goku was at 100 gravity just before Frieza, but now he decides to push a bunch of weights around on a 10 <laughs> gravity planet. Not a big deal, but it seems kind of silly to me. Beerus isn't too bad so far. I know nothing about him having not seen the movies, but all of this is about visions and blowing up planets. Seems pretty run of the mill by now, so I'm not expecting a fantastic villain to say the least. That's about all I got though. Keep it up with the episodes. Andrew, thanks for that. I'm sorry my reading that was a little bit spotty. I was getting text messages while reading this, so it's kind of distracting me a little bit. But yeah, Andrew, so we're going to kind of break down your paragraph here. Um, ages. Okay, so a lot of the things, actually, there's probably a way to summer, to kind of talk address everything here by, by saying this. Uh, man, Dragon Ball Z has a lot of plot holes. Okay, so this is, a, this is something I mentioned a lot in episode zero of the podcast. Uh, the rules change a lot. They, it, it's almost like they can't keep up with their own continuity at times. I have no idea how old these characters are. Um, you know, if, if we really tried to put some kind of a number on these characters, I'm sure it would be crazy, right? Because uh, Master Roshi should be like fucking two, three hundred years old. Just him by himself, right? Because you remember when Goku was a baby, Master Roshi looked the exact same, pretty much. 
And not only that, um, the Ox King, right? Uh, Chi-Chi's father. Yeah, I mean, some of these characters are super old. So I think, I think what's happening in the Dragon Ball world now is they're not even like acknowledging that stuff now. They're just kind of saying, you know, these are characters that exist because people age, but they only age to a certain extent. And then they kind of stay that age forever. I mean, look at Goku. He looks just as good as he looked back in the beginning of Dragon Ball Z, you know? I mean, like he hasn't really aged much and maybe Saiyans have, you know, maybe they age more slowly or something, but yeah, I think it would probably be better for us to just just ignore ages from now on. <laughs> Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball world is one of those worlds where if you think about it too much, like you'll get a fucking headache, right? So at, at the same time, you were talking about the gravity, right? I, I get it. Yeah, it. you know, Goku's going to go to King Kai's planet where it's only 10 times Earth gravity to work out. But Goku should be so strong at this point that even 10 times the gravity shouldn't be a challenge for him, right? Because he did that all the way back in the Saiyan saga. You know, when he first went to King Kai's planet, that was a challenge. And because of all that training, he was able to go back and do the Kaoken technique and all this kind of stuff. And then even at that point, he, he went even higher with the gravity on the way to Namek. So yeah, it does kind of, it does seem a little bit silly that it would go back to 10 times gravity. Same thing with Vegeta. Both of these characters have trained uh, and, and sort of mastered gravity at higher levels than that. Um, so no, it doesn't make much sense that they would go back to that. It's kind of silly, but once again, that just falls under the umbrella of Dragon Ball World inconsistencies the plot holes not establishing a cohesive and consistent universe um, where things like this don't won't happen I'm hoping that in Dragon Ball Super they maybe try to rectify some of that stuff and because and, I do want them to kind of tone down the powers and stuff like that so in some ways maybe they're trying to do that uh, and you could also argue and say well uh, you know he's and maybe he's you notice Goku's not in Super Saiyan form on King Kai's planet. He's just in regular Goku mode. So when he's in regular Goku mode, 10 times the gravity is going to be a little bit more of a challenge for him. Uh, and then you might say, well, why wouldn't you just go Super Saiyan? But I don't know. Yeah. It, <laughs> once again, if you try to break down this stuff too much, you know, you'll, you'll have an aneurysm or something because a lot of it just doesn't make sense. A lot of it is silly. So... Good points there, Andrew. But once again, try not to think about it too much because I really don't think there's much of an explanation other than plot holes and bad writing. But we still love Dragon Ball. Um, so it's all right. Okay. So I have one more message here that I'm going to read. And uh, this one is from Brent. Brent, brand new listener. Thanks, Brent, for uh, reaching out contacted me brent's also been sharing some pretty useful uh dragon ball related info with me thanks for those links brent uh so i'm gonna go ahead and read what brent wrote here it says here um this is kind of a part of a bigger conversation that brent and i were having so it's not going to be as formal but um let's see well i didn't see that there was an episode zero until a couple days ago and i just listened to that yesterday pretty great recreation Sorry, <laughs> pretty great recap of what happened. And I like how you compared it to DBZ, uh, connected with you 
And despite the time separation, watching it and growing up since it ended, you can still go back to it and it puts a smile on your face. I have that Rock the Dragon song stuck in my head still now, by the way. A good question for the podcast. After seeing episode three, do you feel that watching it now you look for different things and also pick up on different things? For example, this last episode when Vegeta got angry in the crowd and flew off, I probably would have thought when I was a kid, oh, that's just grumpy Vegeta. But now I immediately thought of my friend who's a vet with PTSD who gets disgruntled and storms off to be somewhere with less people in those situations. Maybe I'm just looking too deep into it, but in 10 or so years, since it was done, I certainly see the works differently than back then. Uh, oh, world differently. Okay, and you did correct yourself there. Okay, world differently. Um, let's see. Hmm. This is kind of a question that I guess could apply in general, uh, not just to a specific episode. So, do I see do I see things differently when I rewatch episodes? Um, you know, I, I can't. I can't say that I do, really, because, well, for, for me, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, uh, even Dragon Ball Super now, uh, it's, it's, been, it's always been a very surface level sort of a show, right? I think it's always kind of been uh, what you see is what you get with Dragon Ball. I've never really kind of thought about themes and symbolism and stuff like that. Uh, you know, if, if, you, if you're one of my Republic City Report listeners, The Legend of Korra was a show where there was a lot of things to dissect. Uh, Dragon Ball has never been that way to me. It's always been a very surface level, fun sort of a show. And that's not to put it down at all. I mean, once again, it's one of my favorite shows of all time. I have a tattoo of the Eternal Dragon on my arm with the Dragon Balls. So, just want to clarify that. Um... But I, I can't say that I really see anything differently when I rewatch it. I mean, there may be something that I picked up on that I didn't notice before, like maybe something going in the background that I didn't see, or maybe a joke that I didn't get the first time around, but nothing as deep as your example with the PTSD with Vegeta. I mean, yeah, that's, um, I don't, well, I don't think that's necessarily what's going on in his case, right? Because Vegeta, whether he's distraught about anything, you know, or, <laughs> you know, or not, he still kind of reacts the same way. He's just angry. He's just Vegeta. He's proud. He's stubborn, etc. I think he's kind of been like that his entire life, whether he's been in battles or not. That's certainly not to take anything away from your interpretation of that, though, because I do think uh, from a writing standpoint, all of that kind of stuff probably ties into these characters, right? Real life situations. Um, so do I necessarily pick up on other things and see them different ways with this show? I can't say that I do. Um, and if I do, I, I can't really think of an example right now. Because once again, it's always been pretty straightforward with these, you know, a bad guy shows up, we fight him. There's some months or years of peace. Another bad guy shows up, we fight him. Where the fun comes in at is the humor in between how they somehow tie these villains together with everything else. And of course, the moments of achieving the next levels of power and all the fighting. You know, that those are things that make Dragon Ball Z great. Um, so I can't say necessarily that I, that I pick up on these other things, but it's still a great question. And Brent also told me that uh, Goku is going to be an ambassador for the Tokyo 2020 Olympics, which is awesome. And I, I, I would have thought something like that would happen a long time ago. But okay, 
better late than never. I mean, you know, can you think of a better example of a, of a fucking like peak specimen of strength <laughs> than Goku? I can't think of one. So yeah, that's re- that's very cool. Brent, thank you so much for sharing that information with me. Once again, if you would like to contact me, share your comments, thoughts, opinions, etc., make sure you head over to Rock the Dragon uh, Facebook page, which is of course facebook.com slash rock the dragon podcast. Um, also, you need to head over to Tim Bridgewater Geek. Okay, that that is my Facebook page. As I am currently restabilizing myself, it's only a matter of time before I start unleashing new content on that page. Uh, also through the corresponding YouTube page, Tim Bridgewater Geek. Make sure you look that up. Okay, a lot of cool stuff coming, video-wise, reviews. Uh, you know, creative content. Uh, I'll talk about music and this will be video. So, you know, if you like my face, I guess you'll be seeing it. Uh, but yeah, a lot of cool stuff planned for that. I've been working on this really cool intro for all of my videos that actually does incorporate Dragon Ball Z and the Legend of Korra, as well as other things from my childhood. I've been working really hard on getting all that stuff up and ready for you guys. So, uh, if you have a moment, please head over, subscribe on YouTube, like the Facebook page. I promise you will not regret it. Uh, make sure you head over to the Rock the Dragon page. Give it a like so we can get it rolling. Lots of cool content coming in 2017. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes. Make sure you give it a review, a rating. Head over to Stitcher. Uh, I don't think people, my Stitcher views are not very good right now. I don't think a lot of people realize it's on Stitcher. If you're someone who just doesn't really have an, an iPhone and you just want another way to listen to the podcast, well, you can head over to Stitcher. You know, there's an app for that. Look up Rock the Dragon. You'll find the podcast there as well. So uh, I think that about does it for this week's episode. I'm sorry. It's actually a little bit. I wanted to mention this earlier, too. It's coming a little bit later than I normally am going to get these up. But I've been in the process of moving and getting everything set up. So it's a little bit later than normal. So in a couple days, we'll be getting episode four rolling uh, so make sure you get your questions and comments in uh, as soon as you can that way i haven't been time for the next episode so uh so that about does it for this episode so for rock the dragon podcast uh until next time i am tim bridgewater i'll see you guys later